Hey, Ryan, you like movies? <laughs> a huge movie fan. Hey, Marcus, you like movies? Yes, I do. This is Zebras in America, a film podcast. And we are very blessed today because we have the director, Ryan Prowse, director of one of our favorite movies of 2018, Low Life, with us. How you doing, bruh? I'm doing incredible. Incredible? What you working on right now? Uh, right now, I'm working on... Uh project we're about to have the money for so waiting on that bag to turn up you know what i'm saying yeah all right so you nice. can't even talk about it you're working on your your follow-up to low life yeah low life two. low life Still two high, or or high life <laughs> high life the story yeah. of of guitar music from africa <laughs> so i have to i have to ask right away because i see your your skype avatar you sent me a gif behind the scenes earlier and one of the main characters in your latest film is a luchador. So what what's the deal with wrestling? You're uh, you're a wrestling fan, huh? We're supposed to ask light biographical information first. We we'll get to that. I just it's just pertinent right now because okay, it's just staring I'm a, at me. I'm gonna dovetail it, but then light mm -hmm. biographical information. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. So WCW grew oh, up with absolutely NWA, Turner, um, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yep. Uh, so all that kind of stuff. I don't really like or watch much wrestling now, but um, yeah, growing up with that stuff was was awesome. And then obviously WWF and all that in yeah. the '80s and early '90s was hysterical. Nice. If, how how um, how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, so you're our age. Yeah, you're our age. Grew up in the '90s. Who uh, you ever you ever break dance? I did not. I'm like way too like tall, gangly, and fat to break dance. I was like into more like uh, punk stuff growing up, so I I do all that and then some some hip hop. Mm -hmm. So thinks he thinks he thinks that. I don't know, man. I mean, Andre probably. Um, That's fair. Yeah, fair enough. I I when when I was younger, when I was a kid, I liked Big Boy more. And I liked Cujo Goody a lot. Those oh, were like my yeah. two guys I would always like champ on. Nice, but, um, oh, nice name drop. Goody and Gennaro Janelle put out a record a couple years ago that was really good. Oh, that was dope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard, I, I never got a chance to hear that. I, there was a record I saw one time that was like a Cujo like solo record but yeah. then i've never been able to find it or see it again or it's never on itunes or anything like that so i don't know if it actually existed but i remember well, seeing no, a record it, with just cujo goody's face on it the thing is like internet culture has kind of like taken away like the history of stuff like if it's not on the internet it didn't exist right yeah yeah and it's a it, and it is like a weird like uh like it's so surface of like there's five things and then if you try to dig a little bit further into it it's like oh that that definitely you can't even find it anymore right yeah and then people will be like oh this doesn't exist it's sort of like how de la soul have kind of fallen out of the canon of rap importance for a lot of young people because they're they're their records that were so important for us aren't aren't able you can't find them right which is really strange to me but, so, what's your background in film, man? Uh, I just, you know, I was always making, like, little films and stuff with, with buddies in high school and shit. And then, um, 
was like right out of school I got like a really cool job right out of high school I got a cool uh, gig where a buddy of mine and myself were both uh, shooting like behind the scenes footage for this film this like really shitty low budget film and part of the deal I think for how they got the money for it was like we were going to make these episodes that would go online like this is early internet shit and I got a chance to just sit back and like watch the whole process of like low budget filmmaking kind of happen and people fuck up right before my eyes the whole time I was getting paid to to, to watch it and it was really eye opening and I was like well shit I could do better than this this is crazy right so and here so, we are and how did you come up with low life I pitched it to the, like, it was myself and four other guys, uh, four writers, um, all went to school together, and I pitched, like, let's do, like, a crime anthology thing where we'd each, you know, write, like, a segment of it, and then I would just go shoot it and make, it was basically just the idea of, like, whatever we had to do to to make our first feature, um, we'd make short films, whatever, and put them together, and then as we were writing it, kind of came around to like oh man this would actually be dope or if like stuff started overlapping characters started kind of interacting and all that sort of shit so then it was like figuring out how to do that then practically i mean because it was you know i moved out to la uh almost 10 years ago now to go to film school um which is where i met everybody at and then uh out of school you know i did really well in school had like a good thesis film that won a bunch of awards and shit, got agents, all that sort of fun stuff, and then nothing happened, and it was like, you know, for a while just trying to figure out how to make the first thing, you know, to get something going. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> finally did it. And so, for listeners of the podcast, I think it's fair to say there will be spoilers for the movie Low Life. Yeah, so, spoil the fuck out of this. Yeah, we're gonna spoil the fuck out of this motherfucker. Hi, Doug. And if you haven't seen Low Life, you know, you should, because it's a good movie. And, you know, support support independent filmmakers. Uh, Please. Yeah, yeah, IFC Midnight has been kind of killing it these last few years um, quite a bit. And this is uh, just one of, one, one of the examples, uh, Low Life, that is. Right. Like So, like, a simplification of Low Life is that it's the culmination of all of these stories surrounding illegal organ donor ring yeah it's like a, it's like a. I always pitch it as like uh a woman gets kidnapped and you follow like all sides of the kidnapping but yeah there's like organ harvesting and sex trafficking and uh sort of prison industrial complex bullshit and all that sort of mixed into it mm-hmm. right marcus you want to we we all at at zebras in america we have an interest in kidney harvesting and just yeah, kid- so one of you guys had a kidney transplant, or yeah, I I, I did, uh, as did my father. Although his, wow. his and and as Scott's, did, as did my father, and Scott's father as well. Um, my my dad's kidney transplant didn't go as well. Neither uh, did not, not, neither did my dad's. Yeah, my dad actually just passed last year, but yeah. So we're we're very uh, we're, oh thank yeah. you. We're very we, kidney centric here. Zebras in America. We 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 mourn our fathers on zebras in America, but. We're blessed. We're blessed that we had them in our lives for as long as we did. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I don't know if you noticed when I had written about your film, you know, it was Kidneys on Film Part 6, because there's a whole series I do where I write about uh, kidney-related films um, on, on film. He might have just thought yeah. that you yeah. were, like, doing, like, high-concept, like, Leonard 6. Yeah, which sucks. I can't even <laughs> praise that movie anymore. We can't praise... But uh, why, yeah, why not? Three, movie, three or whatever. <laughs> Leonard 6 was a good... Is, is a fun movie. That's true. Bill Cosby is a monster. Yeah, I just think it's different with Cosby because he had his hand in every aspect of that movie, so it's a little extra. Whereas, like, if an actor sucks, uh, if an actor sucks, it's fine because it's like he didn't direct, write everything. But like Bill Cosby was all over that movie. I still have my DVD. We're in the, we're in the in this basement we're recording from right now. The DVD is somewhere in one of these boxes. But, um, yeah. yeah. So we 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 tend to have a bigger like when kidneys show up in movies, we're like. Uh-huh. What's going on? Yeah, definitely. Um Yeah, for for me with Low Life was like I just because you had so many stories, I wanted just more. I wanted like I wish Low Life was like twelve hours long. That's not a bad deal though. No. <laughs> it's 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 always good to want more. because it, it felt like it was building a culmination. What I liked about Low Life is that Low Life felt like like episode eight. It was like chapter eight. In like a nine film saga. It's gonna be my like decalogue or whatever. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Life. Like like the <laughs> like like all these characters, there were movies about them already. And that and that this was like them all getting together to get their just desserts. You know, you have this 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 junkie family who like run a hotel, who need a kidney, who gave up their daughter who is the person that they're going to get the kidney from, who's dating a Lucha Libre superhero, who's working for this terrible uh, organ donor dude who who runs a sex trafficking place but also hires ICE. Like that, and, and so part of me is like, man, how did that all happen? Right. <laughs> yeah, how'd they meet? How'd, how, how, how'd all this happen? And, and those are all stories or movies in their own right in my head. Yeah. And then... You know, it all culminates in the movie with, with you know, there's this character with a Nazi tattoo on his face, which you did very, that was very funny. That whole character is very fun, funny. The funniest Nazi stuff since Romper Stomper. There we go. <laughs> you know, that, that's a good tagline. Yeah, I'll um, use it. And he takes on the mantle of the Lucha Libre guy at the end of the movie. So I feel like the last movie would be his, his his redemption and then him passing off the mask to the baby one day in my head. Yeah, we, uh, the guy who played Key, Shea Ivana, he was one of the writers as well. Okay. Um, oh, nice. And his whole, his new thing, just to write himself another, uh, another role, his new thing was like, he's not actually dead and he just like pops up when they're like driving down to Mexico at the end of the movie. And then, like, uh, the two of them have to, like, basically, his pitch was, but I think it would be funny, it's, like, never going to happen, but his pitch was, like, El Monstro's father's actually not dead, and he finds out that, like, the fucking mask is back in Mexico, and they're, like, he's, like, sending, like, armies after the mask to get it back from him. Uh, that, that sounds pretty, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write that off, uh. No, 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 no pun intended. I kind of like, though, I mean, just as I like, uh, this is just, you know, the way it's going to be is, like, it's hysterical to me that, like, I mean, it's awesome that 
it feels like there's such a backstory and there's there's places to take the characters. And yeah, it's like, exactly. And then don't give that to people. Let people just forever be pissed that like you know. Yeah. Or like weirdly you throw, never make it. Or like weirdly throwing Edward Forty Hands into a movie before <laughs> dude before a dude kills himself. Like like you're you're a fucking funny guy, dude. That's. <laughs> I have to say too, one of my favorite movie moments of the year so far is when is when the character Keith, when he gets shot, doesn't notice it, and he's like, "Hey, you got shot? Oh shit, I did. I don't know. The, the delivery is kind of perfect, in in, in that specific moment. I I, I, I rewound that part a few he, times. Shay like Shay when we were cutting that, he was like super not into that. He felt like it it felt too goofy or like. No, no. no but, well, it is, but it works. You, I don't know. Have you yeah. ever spoken to someone that's gotten shot? Yeah, yeah. Me too. And anyone that's ever been sh- like, all the people I know that have been shot, they're like, I didn't feel it. Yeah, your adrenaline. Your adrenaline and your crazy. shock. You either pass out or you don't even notice. Like, obviously, like if you get like your leg blown off, then you feel it. But like, like I know a few people that have been shot, and they're like, Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, like someone had to point out that I was shot. So I did like that, and I like the comedic timing. Um. And you gave us a really, a really good villain in this in this era. You know, obviously we need. I, I think we need to talk about the orange elephant in the room. Ha! <laughs> yeah. Fuck nuts. Forty-five. Yeah. Faux five. Faux five. <laughs> like obvious. Do you think like this film would have as much weight, or 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 you would have made it were it not for these political times? I think I, I thought about it. I mean, I feel like sorry, because we made questions. it. We started writing it like in 2015, and I feel like oh, like wow, it was kind of some nasty shit in the air, no matter what, right? So sure. like, like, because even I was kind of concerned, like people would even know what ice was and all that shit when we were when we were shooting it. Oh. Um, yeah, it's very it's very clear in the movie now what ice is. But it also goes to show, like LA, like West Coast, and like California specifically, there's still a lot of differences. I mean, that that's always been the case in anything in general. But I think it, it's a more prevalent thing over there than yeah, you know other parts I mean, of this even country. Even when I was moving out here, uh, you know, there was like it was when they were like trying to do all the crazy like stop and frisk shit in Arizona. Um, of course, like Arizona. AB Bill or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean they've been they've been wilding out on that shit for a while. Yeah. Um, and what's your do you like? Did you grow up with luchador films? Yeah, I mean I had like one of those like <clears throat> cheap like you know like a DVD that had like twenty of them on. I, I was just gonna. I was, gonna, I was just gonna say. Yeah, you get them at <laughs> like Walmart the, or something. I lucked up on one of those at Walmart in college exactly. once. Yeah. Yeah, it was all those like. I mean, that was kind of that era of like digging for that stuff or like that's when I saw like all the Rudy Ray Moore movies and shit yeah. you know they'd always have those like yeah Walmart like yep. 20 pack whatever for yeah. 10 bucks kind of thing so I, I like, saw a bunch of them there but then from there I've never like seen any other ones but they were so dope they're like really super wild I but, saw and, I saw I saw a movie like 15 years ago on Super 8 called Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter <laughs> And I think it was a musical. Like it's that long since I saw it, but it was about Jesus Christ hunting vampires. But his 
his his sidekick was the lucha was the lucha libre, <laughs> and that was yeah they have them where they're yeah. like I mean they're fighting monsters and shit and and it's just like fight. it's it's really amazing how like instant hero is just a dude in a suit with the lucha libre mask and all of a sudden yeah. you have instant story that's all you need well, well the, and I love like the sort of the folk hero like they have all their myth stuff around them that's so cool and I mean it is full superhero like it's hysterical to me that like they're like uh, their day job is being wrestlers and then they also go fight crime yeah like uh, Santo and Blue Demon those are kind of the yeah. the kings of, of that genre but yeah, it's we funny, had, but uh, oh. Mill Mascaris and uh, and at uh, Fantasia was pretty dope. They were giving him like an award from we. Oh here. no shit! And he's kind of the third of that. He's the he's the Wonder Woman of the Trinity. Oh, of course, right. and you have of course you have his his nephew, uh, Alberto Del Rio, doing his thing. Well, not so much anymore because he got fired from TNA. But you know. Yeah, we tried yeah. to like hit him up actually, like right when we were like starting a cast or whatever. Um, Oh wow! So we, yeah, we kind of oh, dug into yeah, trying to at least approach some wrestlers and stuff. I mean, we oh, didn't get too far into that before. That, we that's funny because that was that was a question I wondered. I also um of of this list of masked wrestlers, who's your favorite? Rey Mysterio, Ultimo Dragon, Shockmaster, Psychosis, <laughs> Juventud Guerrero. Oh shit! Well, Psychosis looks the coolest, but man, you got me with Shockmaster. I gotta go. I gotta go with Shockmaster. Although he was, he was only masked for some of the time. Kind of fell <laughs> off. But Rey Mysterio was unmasked. That was yeah. a big storyline in 1999. Yeah. Yeah, that was bullshit. That's yeah. like really fucked up. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, because Eric Bischoff. Yeah, Eric Bischoff's an asshole, and Juventud Guerrero doesn't do That's go masked anymore. But that was he. He kind of did that willingly, whereas Eric Bischoff wanted to just be an like asshole. Like ma- mankind. Yeah. Mankind's a masked wrestler too. Yes. Kane. Yeah, not yeah. too much anymore. Oh, no, oh God. Anymore. Kane's another from the ilk of 45. He's 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 going to be in office. Or he is in office. Seriously? Yeah, he won some local election. Some, um, some he's Senate seat. Or, or something, right? Yeah, yep. What's Somewhere awesome... Tennessee. Yeah. What's awesome is uh, we just... We just... Uh, two weeks... Two episodes ago, we interviewed Amir Motlog, who's a, a great director... Uh, who's also out of who's out who's in LA right now, and it's just somehow we end up talking about wrestling, with with all the people we talk to, wrestling or breakdancing. Wrestling or, or breakdancing, yeah. You're in fact you're the first director we've talked to who didn't used to breakdance. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I could never. I mean, from afar, that shit is is dope. But I like could never skate. John Wilson. I couldn't breakdance any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Now. So I did. So as going back a little bit, you were talking about all the different storylines and like different writers involved. So to kind of address the elephant in the room, which I, I can't feel, believe I, I used like that we term. We don't even have to. Ad- I would. Yeah. I, I would be even happier it's, if we didn't even address the elephant. Yeah. Well, that's why I was checking myself because I hate that term. So the the non. I mean, it's to the point where it's even mentioned in certain reviews. Like, how do you feel about the ongoing Tarantino comparison? Um. I mean, it's like fucking cool as shit to me you know like i we obviously you know like influenced by him um i would say more subconsciously than consciously because like it wasn't anything i mean we weren't like sitting around being like yo how can we make this and to be like pulp fiction of course of course absurd yeah um 
but yeah, I don't know. Like once it was funny, it was like we never really talked about it at all. But then once people started saying it, it's like, oh, I can kind of see it. I mean, it's definitely it feels to me surfacey more than anything of it being like, okay, cool, it's you know, it's a L.A. crime thing, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. It's got of course. the multi-narrative sort of structure and everything. I mean, I I feel like honestly, we kind of like kind of dig in a little bit further than I mean that, that Pulp Fiction specifically feels a lot more uh, like sort of like an anthology yeah. obviously um, but you know he it was dope he came to a screening and oh, talked no and watched it oh nice um, and was super cool um, so yeah I don't know like if someone wants to like Pulp Fiction seriously was like one of the first movies that made me want to make movies. I mean, you know, when I saw that when I was like 14. I was just going to say, like, it's the movie that from our generation, I mean, it is no matter what. It's a gateway drug. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, especially at that age. And he's also, however you feel about him, Pulp Fiction is an influence. I mean, to this day, it's still an an influential film. And not even like, and not even like how you, like, people will intentionally want to mock and, 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 and imitate, you know, Quentin Tarantino. Um, So... Well, specifically, like, Pulp Fiction and shit is, like, it's, yeah, it's a cultural, like, touchstone. So it's, like, I mean, there'll be, you know, that'll be, like, in the fucking stupid, like, Oscar uh, montage thing for, like, the rest of our lives. Yes, absolutely. I don't know, I just Um, thought, I just thought the film had a different sort of empathy and, um, and the comedy, comedy was very, the comedy was, 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 was less serious, which made it more human, in my opinion. Because the way the way actually the way actual people joke, like when I hang out when I hang out with Marcus, if if people listen to what we say to each other off the record, they they would be like, oh, you guys are terrible, like we're just like making funny jokes and like gallows humor and like it's not like ultra sophisticated. So I like it when when like like just throwing Eddie Ford Edward Forty Hands into a movie, like. Like a depressed heroin addict who runs a hotel might be might like do Edward Forty Hands so he could drink his liquor for the night. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's both funny and it's also <laughs> devastating. Like, I mean, if you if you feel uncomfortable with this question, like, do you have do you have a connection to addiction? Is has that affected your life at all? Uh, no, it has not. Um, not personally. I mean. Like, I've known people, but, yeah, not myself. Sure, sure. Because I just thought the pattern of... I thought the pattern of, of, of addiction was was uh, was shown well. What are, some, what, what are some of your favorite movies? Um, I mean, I like a lot of, like... Definitely just genre stuff, crime stuff specifically. Um, like, 70s crime films. And, like, a big touchstone for this was... Um, I, and I've said this in other places too, but I was always kind of pitching it as like, like killing a Chinese bookie, John Cassavetes type of thing. If nice. that meets like RoboCop or something. Wow, that um, sounds so, amazing. Like, yeah, I like those yeah. two. Awesome. I think yeah. I think you should continue forever to strive to to figure out how to make killing of a Chinese bookie meets RoboCop. That should be the goal for every movie. There we go. <laughs> Well, see low life, uh, NVOD. Nah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So I mean, I, I really, yeah. It's like I grew up, you know, eighties, nineties. I love all those type of like action movies and, um, like RoboCop specifically, Paul Verhoeven stuff is like so 
dope. It's so smart, you know, and like it kind of hides the pill really well, which right. I oh, always really respond to that kind of stuff. Sure. What did you think of L? Um, say again. What did you think of L? I I don't think I is that the no I just I saw Black Book. I haven't seen the new one. Oh okay. Oh yeah. It's it's another. I, yeah, there, there, there's some pill hiding, but it's also just that that movie's a lot to digest. Um, it's very good. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. One of the yeah, best I definitely want to see it. Was that I 2016? Mean, yeah. yeah, it was 2016. Yep. Yep. That might be like yeah, my I... second favorite movie of 2016. Oh really? Well, yeah, because it took it took the it took it took a trope that that is overused, which is violence against women. And took it in a totally different way. Um, and I, I also enjoyed how Low Life took a trope against women and put it in a different way as well. The, you know, just this this compassion and this empathy and desire to end, end these, these positive feedback loops of destruction. Yeah, it was like a big... And it was, it was kind of like finding that even honestly like through the process because it was like we we had a different ending like it was a, a little bit darker i mean it wasn't crazy but it was like i mean the ending's know, not the, popcorn and jolly jellyfish it's pretty no, no, dark definitely. it was just they didn't get together in the end she kind of like it was more about like uh crystal like letting her go in the end and like obviously sort of just hmm. oh yeah but that's... how to sort of let people go but that felt like honestly like more intellectual than it did like an emotional sort of thing and it was like when we were that was like the writer like okay in the script you want her to you know go through this thing and then by the end of it she learns to let go kind of thing because she's a hoarder throughout the movie or whatever so it's like clever or whatever but like and when we were shooting it when we shot the scene with dan like where she finds him uh the suicide scene yeah um yeah it was like just looking at that was like yo we can't end the movie like that fucking dark you know it's like we were so deep with that and yeah and yeah it was always like an idea of like you know how can we humanize like these characters that you sort of would just laugh at or dismiss or whatever immediately you know um and then yeah i felt like when we were shooting it was like well fuck we can't do that ending so we had to kind of like refigure that and i mean that was good it was like a good part of the process you know yeah, like part of part of being an adult and like being mature is is understanding that things change and stories what may seem like one way doesn't always really feel like how it should be. And like I just it it feels more realistic that in this situation you, they would never let each other go. No, 100%. They needed they finally you know why would they if they they needed help from each other and they needed to support each other as well so it's like yeah and it was like it was kind of fighting the i feel like the obvious ending when we weren't doing that where it's like man you have to have these guys get together in the end and and it'd be about that and reconciliation more than it'd be like yeah like this idea of her just finally getting over her uh, it was it was almost it was like that's her surface problem right but that's not the root of it and it was like getting to the root of it as we were shooting it as we were working it out as the characters were kind of unfolding you know is all that kind of stuff yeah and that's just like like just because an ending seems obvious doesn't necessarily mean it's bad no it's 
as long as it's earned. I, th I feel like, and that's like, well, you know, they earned gotta, it. these characters have earned a like little, a motherfucker. And that yeah. was the thing. They'd gone so fucking low, you know, and it was life. Yeah, exactly. We uh, got your ass. Um, we were <laughs> like, uh, even like with Randy with getting the mask, you know, it's like one of those things where everyone always really likes that. Um, but, and it's, I feel like it, those are like the most, it's like finding the satisfying conclusion, I guess. Like whether that's, you know, like what is like right in front of your face or not, as long as it feels like, okay, that's a satisfying thing. That was really ultimately what I wanted to do with it, you know, more so than it being like, it has to be clever or whatever. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I, I was so surprised and then was like, oh, of course. When 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 the tattoo face when the Nazi tattoo guy takes on the mantle, I right. I didn't see that coming. But, but those are like the best sort of I think turns or whatever. It's like that's if you can write that, it's perfect. And I was like, you have to do it. Where and it's you're like, like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Of course it makes sense. Of course sense. that's the way, but also it's not yeah telegraphed. But I mean, it's like you know, it's I feel like part of that's like kind of laying in some clues. It's like you know they have like. Even costuming wise, they kind of have like similar colors, and you know, they're kind of they obviously Randy speaks Spanish at one point early, that which is a reveal, and then and he kind of knows what the mantle is like immediately. So it's like kind of laying that stuff in, you know, to where it makes sense, but then also, yeah, it still has to be a surprise because you just would never see that coming. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, how, how did you how did you come up with the character of the non-racist dude with the swastika face tattoo? Uh, that was actually so like out of school like when we got out of school we were doing like sketch comedy stuff online and then we were doing like uh, like web series and shit like that um, and we had written that as just a as a sketch um, it was mainly just like the moment of him coming to pick him up from the from the uh, prison and then driving away from it but it was always that was kind of like the way we put the film together was like we all had little ideas for different characters or different scenarios or whatever it was. And then it was always going to be like Teddy was the, you know, sort of the glue between everything narratively. And then he, he'd be the one that kind of knew everybody and would, you know, jump us into different stories or whatever. And then, right. um, yeah, like I said, once, once we kind of started writing all that, we were like, this would be doper if they started kind of overlapping. And then we didn't have, we didn't initially even have that, him ending up with the mask in the end, Randy, um, until, I mean, it was like a draft <coughs> or two into the script. We were like, oh, what are we doing? We're fucking, this guy's totally got to get the mask, you know? So it wasn't even like planned from the beginning, even. Well, I was going to say, because there's also something pretty beautiful and awesome about something so stooped in Mexican culture and just having to do with brown people covering up a swastika. I also kind of like that, um, the meaning behind that as well. Um, I don't yeah, know. Like, I mean, it's funny because it's like we were going back and forth on like, well, is it even like an appropriation thing of him taking it, you know? But I do like the fact that to me, it's like you said, it's like he ends up with it covering that. It's like it becomes a new thing. Um, and, and I also feel like Randy's kind of a goofball, too. So it's not like anybody else when he gets down there is going to be like, oh, it's. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't think anyone's going to be confused. It's just some fucking goober. It's It's not. It's okay. So wearing a luchador mask if you're white is only appropriation if you don't have a swastika tattooed on your face. You're right, right. Let's go ahead and 
set that in stone. <laughs> but it also, in in terms of the like appropriation, because that because that's a a subject that can just branch out to and just n- and never end. But I think that character specifically understands what he's putting on, though. Like, I th- and that was a step. Like, he understands the importance of a lucha mask. So it's not just a pro. It's like he's not just like you said, some goobers, like some guy at a wrestling event. Like, hey, I'm putting on a Mexican, you know, thing and and saying dumb, dumb, like accidentally racist stuff. Like he has he has a serious amount of respect for the lucha mask. And also, it's also heavily established. It's penance. It's his penance. Yeah. But it's also established that it's temporary. Like it's not going to be his, you know, he's supposed to pass that along when when the time is right. So it's not like permanent. He's like uh, holding Excalibur for when King Arthur comes. Exactly. Right? I think that's kind of the perfect. Yeah. Exactly. Did exactly. You, did either of y'all see the new King Arthur movie? No, I, I finally. I, didn't. I just did actually. That shit was better than I thought it was gonna be. Agreed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, sometimes I'm just like, people just decide movies are bad without watching them. Well, it's funny. I mean, you... it looked bad. I don't know. Like, was I was like, dope. I was, I was just like tired, and it was on TV. HBO, obviously. I, I watch it on HBO as well. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, I'll watch this." Well, it's funny. T- today, Scott tweeted something about uh, the Papillon remake, which also stars which also the stars star. King Arthur. And I remember, and and it's like ever since Solaris, Soderbergh Solaris, that's one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm not one of those like knee-jerk like a remake. What? Ugh. It's like, eh, it could be good. You never know. Like, I, you know, like I, I don't like to judge him because I, I love Solaris so much. I just watched Solaris. I had never seen the. I've tried to watch the original like fucking eighty times, and I always fall asleep. And I just got through it this weekend. Okay, so um, to to, to that, I like I like I like Soderbergh Solaris is what I was saying. Oh, I love it. So to that point, though, what I always nice. like to tell it's rare that we get three people in a room who like Soderbergh yeah, Solaris. Literally. It's like, I think, because everyone knows Steven Soderbergh is like a big, uh, he's a cinephile, he likes everything and knows every movie. People like to think just Tarantino is this, you know, encyclopedia of knowledge. But I think Soderbergh loved, have you ever, you know, like you love a movie so much, but you know, I can't recommend this to my like non-movie friends. Like a movie like Solaris, just anyone can't sit through that. But you love something so much you want to share it with people. So I think he kind of shaved the story down and just tried to make a more accessible version of Solaris, and then, and I yeah. really respect that. I mean, so, at least that's how I look at it. I have three, it's not like fifteen minutes of driving around Tokyo. Although I do love that scene. Yeah. I do love that scene. <laughs> I have I have three questions. One, did you like it? Uh, I did like it, but I feel like it was a little diminished because I had seen the Soderbergh one, yeah, back when it came out or whatever. So like, it was a lot of like. It had been built up, but it was a lot of, like, getting to the point that I already knew. Like, I, yeah. I think if I watched it cold and I was like, oh, shit, this is, you know, his wife's going to be there, all this stuff or whatever, that would have been a lot of a different watch. So I kind of ruined it for myself, I feel like. And I, secondly, I wonder if if Quentin Tarantino watch, has watched Tarkovsky movies. I'm sure he, I, if not, I mean, just from who he is and I, I wouldn't, then I'm sure. Based on other films... To. Based on other films and filmmakers who he likes to reference, it, it would be a weird blind spot, I, I think. I don't know. No, because yeah. I... And also, my third thing is, like... So, yeah, it's funny, because... It, I go back to this, like... Soderbergh is a cinephile, so you want to... You want to recommend stuff to your friends. And, like, when someone is asking me to recommend them a rap record, and I say this a lot, like, I'm not going to immediately 
show them Scarface's fourth album. Though, like, Scarface's fourth album, or 8-Ball and MGG's third album, might be incredible records, you need to be let in. Yeah, I agree with that. So it would be cool if, like, oh, I'll just make the record that I want people to be let in with. So maybe he made he made Solaris to get people to see Solaris. And have you seen Papillon? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just that's one of my favorite. That's one of my top twenty movies of all time. And they're making a remake, and I'm just like, I hope it's good. That's all I think. Yeah. You know, it could like it seems like they're focusing a little more on the jailbreak than I think is necessary. Because I think what's interesting is about how prison destroys the soul of men. Um, but that could be just leading into my own prejudices. Because I, or you know, they could be making the the more Hollywood version or the now Hollywood version. So right, because I don't think I think it was a success. I think the Steve McQueen Dustin Hoffman version was a success. Yeah, I think everything Steve McQueen did back then. Yeah, like, pretty much. He was a popular it, it, dude, the white Steve McQueen. That's right. <laughs> well, there's the black Steve McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> What's he up to? He's he's make it's a remake of this British film uh from like the 80s where like these like these like four bank robbers something happens to them and then like their wives have to finish the job. Ocean's 11? <laughs> Ocean's 8? Yeah, yeah, Ocean's 4. It's like Helen Mirren. It's it's like I I forgot who's in it, but that's his uh but but yeah, but that's his next thing. Um oh, have you ever seen The Dow of Steve? Oh wow! Okay, that's all. my uh, my 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 buddy actually shot that movie. Uh, my my friend Teo, oh, really? he was the cinematographer on, on that. Um, which is weird. What's the name? Uh, Teo, he he actually shot Lodge Kerrigan's first two films, uh, mm-hmm. Clean Shaven and and. Uh, but it's funny because I was hanging out with him, and then like I knew who he was because of Lodge Kerrigan's films. Um, he's one of my favorite. He's also a friend too. And then he sent me like a demo reel, like I didn't know who he was. But then, like, a, like of all his work, and then, like, I saw clips of, like, the Dow. So I was like, wait, Teo, did you shoot the Dow, Steve? He was like, yeah. And he was, like, kind of, not, but not but not ashamed, but given that, like, he shot a lot of bigger stuff, the Dow of Steve is another one of those, like, you go to Blockbuster, and it's like, all right, I guess That's I'll rent real. this. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll rent it. I don't know what this is. And then, like, I would watch it all the time in college. And he was just like, really? You love that movie? I was like, of course I love that movie. The movie's amazing. That was, they, that was, a, v, that was a video store classic. Absolutely. Well, Makes they were, me miss like, trying to trade off of... Uh just all the like the stoner comedy type shit with that one right like the i remember the cover for it looked like days and confused or whatever we just rewatched or we started to watch it's so ridiculous i hadn't seen it since i was like in middle school the um fuck was it called uh the stoned age oh yes yes which (laughs) i mean it's really bad but it was like we I, I mentioned it, and my wife was like, let's watch it. I'm like, yo, this is, you're not going to like this. This is not going to be good. We should not rent it. And then she kept on, and we watched it for like 10 minutes. She's like, I don't like this, so we had to turn it off. Someone, but, uh, do you remember um, when IFC had that like movie trivia show? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Did it, and the, was it, did it have the do with dreads? No. It was like Jay, it's like um, Jay from Jay and Silent Bob, Richard Roundtree, and Tracy Lords were the uh, were the judges. And was it, in, it was like in a movie store. No, like no, 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 store? no, 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 no. It, it was like it was like on a stage and everything. But like one of the contestants, uh, he was really arrogant. Like every 
like it built up to a finals, but like one of the guys who was on the show, he lost right away. He came on and you have to say something about yourself. And he's like, I've seen that movie, the stone age 20 times. And you don't even know what that is. And I remember being like, yes, I do. Like, what are you talking about? Also, strangely enough, you know, the movie, um, this is Martin Bonner. No. Oh, well he, um, the guy who, who directed that actually won it. It's a really good movie. I, 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 I recommend that. Um, yeah, I've seen Stone Age and not that one. So. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> Have you seen Bongwater? <laughs> that was like I've not seen it. I know what that is. That was later. That's was 1998. Like, past, yeah, I was past that point. I remember renting that movie and not being prepared for some of the like. There's like I'm. There's like there's date rape. There's aliens. There's all types of weird shit. I was not prepared for this movie. Is it any good? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't it wasn't good. They Not, were all like tax shelters back then. I, I feel like I mean I think a lot of movies are tax shelters now. Well where where at? I'll do one of those. Come here. I don't know. I mean it certainly is it seems like a great way to launder money. Yeah, no, it totally is. Because nobody knows where the fuck anything goes, where any of the money goes. Sure. It's yeah, and there's I mean Hollywood accounting is famous. Like oh, I had to buy this hammer for two thousand dollars. <laughs> it's like man, I w- I'll sell you a hammer. Yeah, seriously. I have like five. I got some right here to sell. Yeah, there's like you can't see off in the distance. Our listeners, there's like tools here, man. money for uh for drugs if it means getting stores. if it means getting you to make another movie i am definitely uh i'm, I'm down with that you're down low yeah. life too yes or you, just anything it doesn't have to be low life too you know i have to be i know this is like not i'm gonna try to say this without snitching too much but like i was at like one of these i was at like the story salons this weekend you ever been to a story salon no you ever been no, to like a salon where like no, people wish. People have you come over and maybe you do art or you share poetry or like a oh. song. Mm-hmm. I go yeah, to sal- I go to salons from occasion, mm-hmm. and my friend had a salon in her house, and you had to like text her for the address, mm-hmm. and like uh, her dad was like one of the biggest distributors of marijuana in the eighties, and and he was just he was the biggest distributor of weed in the eighties in the East Coast. And it made me think, like, my teachers were lying. I should have sold drugs. I would have made so much more money. If I think about that sometimes. Myself. I think of like, like I'm like I I've I've encountered people who have who have made quite the living off of selling drugs. But you got to be like the super high up dude. No. Or else you're fucked. No, I mean if you sell weed. It, you know, I wouldn't sell any other narcotic because then you get shot in the face. Right. You just sell, like, yeah, just, like, run a weed delivery service and then launder it through independent film. <laughs> I feel like he's, like, dropping out because he doesn't, yeah. he's like, I don't, oh, they're talking about laundering drugs, so uh, don't stop recording. We're trying to launder drugs for his movie. Yeah. I want to get him, we want to produce his next movie. To produce the next film by Mr. Prowse? Prowse yes. it is? Yes. Yeah, we'll we'll just start selling PCP and DMT and start laundering it. So it, it feels, it seems like you're, you're really, you're dropping in and out. So. Yeah. 
we're probably we're 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 at a good time to sort of, you know, start 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 our landing. So, it was it was great to have you on the show. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I um. That's it. No. 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 We're not kicking you off because I actually have a few more things to. Uh, before we go, I, I want to go back to the wrestling thing for a second. I, I can't let you go without recommending NXT because I hear I heard the kind of disappointment in your voice about where wrestling is today. Yeah, I've heard it. it the bad and the is it the New Japan stuff is pretty cool too. New Japan is is great. It's just unfortunately you're just watching people who, by the time you get to your mid or late forties. You're not going to be able to speak if you're still alive. I think that's I think that's the toughest thing about watching uh, New Japan wrestling is that you're really you're you're trying to like paralyze yourself just for the excitement of you know you know a few thousand folks. I mean, I guess in the New Japan domes it's like you know seventy to a hundred thousand people, but it's still really like some of them. It's just like oh no, like why did you do that? You're you're gonna feel the effects of that eventually later on down the road but nxt like yeah that but that's triple h's baby and it's kind of like you know the 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 proving ground before you get to the main roster but the consensus for years has been nxt is much better than wwe and and i I could not agree more like there's storylines but it's really just about like crazy athleticism and just crazy wrestling and they poach people from all over from mexico japan canada europe like all all over um, I, I think you'd really like it. If, and if you have a Hulu account, you can watch it on Hulu. Oh, yeah. I'll check yeah. that out, actually. Yeah. yeah, I like, I mean, I, you know, I just like the, like, Arn Anderson. Like, just a fat, out of shape, tough-ass, talk-some-shit kind of wrestling. Lars Sullivan. You, you, if you, Lars Sullivan is one of the big wrestlers in NXT right now. He looks like he comes from that, like, you know that late 1950s old school wrestler with like the the tights pulled up to like way over the belly button style that's what i'm talking about you would love oh you god, would I love lars sullivan wrestling you would I, you would oh my god i can't look at someone with their pants over the belly button and not lose it <laughs> if they're yeah. if they're a man it's different for women because yeah, it's stylish it. yes <laughs> yeah. like, and i don't want it to sound like the, i'm just on like the grand patience. joke of all of it yeah, yeah and i just want to clarify to our listeners i'm not just saying I'm not serious that I should have sold drugs instead of made music. I'm just saying, it seems like there is hope in dope. <laughs> You're kind of up with a little, a little up with dope. Yeah. Should I just start wearing my pants over my belly button? Yes. I don't think I have enough pants. Like, like, oh. like my my pants height. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, you had. Well, no, they, they've they've uh, made them all like low waisted since the nineties. Yeah, right. Kind of fucked with that. So now, so wait a minute. So now that you said Arn Anderson, which is weird because he's kind of become like this reference point on Tosh two point I don't know if you watched that show. No, I don't. Oh, so there's an ongoing thing. Not every episode, but like every other episode, Daniel Tosh will just randomly challenge Arn Anderson to a fight. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just like a random nonsensical thing. Then, like, yeah. you don't know when it's coming, and he'll just, like, cut a wrestling promo on Arn Anderson. And I love that, like, I feel like the average person that watched Tosh, point, Tosh 2.0 doesn't even know who Arn Anderson is. Yeah. But, like, who was... So, now I have to know who your, who some of your favorite wrestlers are if you're name-dropping a guy like Arn Anderson. Seriously. I mean, it, it was, like, like those kind of, like... I mean, I literally watched, like, the late 80s, early 90s stuff, but then, you know, before that, obviously, Flair and uh, Dusty Rhodes is, like... There you go. Hysterical. Woo. Yeah. Um... Like, 
whole like them driving around in a car following him and then like beating him up at a gas station like that that's that's wrestling to me like that's just are you talking about the well they did that on that when the nwo when they like chased down rick flair's limo they stole that shit from him yeah 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 nwo was like this is a cool idea but then those guys are just assholes and would never like lose or like it never led to anything. Yeah, just, that was yeah. Just more people joining the NWO until I mean, when it got to the point <laughs> when Sting was in the NWO, it kind of defeated the purpose. Yeah, it was like, well, weren't you supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, and then, <laughs> and then they broke it up, and it was like NWO red and NWO white. It, it, yeah, it just got a little too out of control. Were you a Bad News Brown guy? Uh, I think he's cool. I didn't like. Follow, I, I wasn't like super into him. Yeah, he's, he's he's probably my yeah, favorite. He was amazing. And yeah. what was his special move? Shit, like Ghetto Blaster. Ghetto Blaster. You said what? I said he just looked like one of the like those kind of guys, like Ming or whatever, that would just like would honestly kill you. Like those dudes just look. They're the best. They're just like so tough. Oh, well, Ming is the general consensus. Everybody knows you don't fuck with Ming. He's 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 the most legit dude ever. Yeah. Yeah, I also like I like I like wrestlers that just sort of look like like lieutenants for meth cartels. <laughs> you have to explain that. No. Okay. Okay. No, but Bad News like Brown Diesel back in the day. Oh, Diesel, sure. Yeah, you, he looked sure. like he looked like the consigliere to a meth empire. Sure. But also could like fuck you up. Yeah. And wore boots. Oh, well, wait, damn. Well, while we're talking about this, did like what, have you gotten other feedback from any other wrestlers? Like, yeah, the wrestlers have like wrestlers movie? seen this movie and like, oh, this is awesome. Because like when I wrote about one of one of the times when I shared my review of Low Life on social media, like I tagged AAA, I I tagged CMLL, like I tagged like certain yeah. like you know like. So was there any feedback from anyone? Um, not really. I mean, a couple of like a couple of spots have like, and definitely more indie sort of circuit stuff, which is cool. Of course, but it hasn't been like you know. I don't think it's like really hit yet to where people are like, yo, sure. this is a big wrestling thing. Sure, but sure. as far as like wrestling movies, there's like, there's like Beyond the Mat and Low Life. And what's the one with well, Hulk? Over the no, top. Uh, no, Jesus, No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred. No holds barred. <laughs> is that the one where Zeus dies at the end? Zeus. He gets yeah. electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen um, Body Slam? With Roddy Piper? And it's it yeah I mean it's it's a fictitious movie. I've never seen that one. Yeah, the Road Warriors are the bad guys in in, in the movie. The guy that plays Face from the oh, A Team, the guy that plays Face from the A Team is their manager. He's 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 a uh, Roddy Piper and uh, and uh, one of the, a very young Rikishi is um is is Roddy Piper's tag team partner. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, body. Oh, I highly recommend Roddy that. Roddy Piper was awesome, man. Oh hell yeah! Of course he is. I you know ever since. Since now, now Batista and The Rock are both like big time wrestling actors. I I I've been going over my head like what wrestlers have like the best filmography and like going back to D, like Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is in some really good. He's in some really good stuff. As is Batista and The Rock. Um, Kurt Angle is in some underrated movies as well. From you know, um, what was the Tom Hardy Joe Ledgerton? Oh, Warrior. Um, he's done That's some a good, good stuff. Ass movie. Yeah, it is. I, I like that movie because because yeah. because you really felt the family bond. Sure. Or well, kinda. There was there was uh, family hurt. hurt. Left, yes, so yes, yes, you're, yes. You're just done. Well, I'm sorry. What was that? I said, but then Roddy Piper's just got they they live, so that kind of like I don't. But they, I don't yeah, think if they live is a wrestling movie. That's 
No, well, that's I just true. Think yeah. it's a, I think it's like the just the best movie about why capitalism is a disease. I also right. think though, because like where my mind, you're right. I just think because of where my it's not just Roddy I Piper. Am right. Capitalism is a disease. Woo! It's that fight scene that uses like a lot of wrestling techniques. Right. It's like I'm I'm always I'm always one because Vince McMahon is such a capitalizer. Why Keith David was never given a um a wrestling contract because he kind of I mean I know it's choreographed but he held his own against Piper. <laughs> in, in the, I mean, well, he, he was—he's a big guy anyway. So, and then there's and then there's um, Slavoj Zizek, in in, uh-huh. the, in the Pervert's Guide to Ideology, who explains the film scene has to be that long because that's how long the transfer the transformation takes to learn about the world. You went to, turned into Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog Look, it's hard bit. to do Slavoj Zizek. It's much easier to do Werner Herzog. It is. He should have never gone with the bears. You should never listen to this. You should never, never listen, listen to, to this. this. This is the worst thing I've ever listened to. Yeah. That's what people will say about the, about this podcast. This is huh. the worst thing I've ever listened to. It's just Werner listening to your podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, you know, I think Werner Herzog, if it would, if he listened to our podcast, might actually enjoy it. He would like this. He loves wrestling, so he would yeah, love he does. the wrestling talk. Look, wrestling is is. Is one of the last bastions of of radical pop art. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, look, it's hard to get like art. Like if you go into the deep art world right now, it's so self-referential and so serious and so like it's a, it's a different thing. Wrestling is just a weird place where you could just do some very interesting stuff. You know, that's it. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of. WWE is kind of, which I going back to what Ryan was saying, I get why a lot of folks don't watch it, but there's some, there's some beacons of hope. We yeah, have I some just, mojo. Like, it just feels, yeah, super repetitive to me. It's like the same kind of shit. I mean, like even back in the day, it was like obviously the same thing. I don't know. Yeah. I would definitely check out next. I, I mean, I've heard a lot about that. I just it's so yeah, it's it's really 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 good. I, I think you would I think you dig it. Doesn't uh, I was I've been listening to a lot to Smashing Pumpkins again. Oh, Billy Corgan, Because yeah. they're a great American band. Yeah. And doesn't Billy Corgan own a wrestling company? He owns NWA. I thought that's a rap group. How no. can he own them? That's racist, no. Marcus. <laughs> no. NWA is... was This NWA was long before the, the rap and NWA. Like, he owns all the titles and, like, the copyrights and stuff. Is it good? Of NWA wrestling? Really? Yeah, he owns the title. Yeah, because for a while he was a co-owner of TNA, but him and Dixie Carter kind right. of fell out. But yeah, no, he he owned he he. I'm sure with other people, but he's the main face and main o- owner of of NWA right now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I just want uh, David Arquette to come back win the championship again. Oh, see, yeah. We don't I, need I to don't. kill wrestling a third time. Yeah, we really don't. <laughs> yeah. We don't need the Vince Russo stuff. Although I was listening to a shoot, I had to leave work, but I was Vince listening Russo to a shoot is the interview. Number one most hated man according to YouTube wrestling. I believe it. And he found it funny. Yeah, bro, bro, bro. It's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he was three. Uh, Vince McMahon was two. No, he was one. Vince yeah. McMahon was two, hmm. and uh, Chris Benoit was three. Oh. Wow. But Damn. people still kind of are like, well, he could wrestle, though. He could, Yeah, I know, exactly. It's like, damn, yeah, he could. Well, actually, everyone was like, well, I mean, what he did was despicable, but he was like, what he did for wrestling wasn't necessarily bad. 
No. He opened the door for the. He opened it. Well, there were people before, but he he opened the door a little wider for smaller guys. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. It's terrible what happened to his family. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly maybe, getting dropped on his head. Maybe wrestling has to stop. Maybe our entertainment that involves people getting bashed in the head is over. Maybe we need to figure out something else. <laughs> the high pop art is dead. Just got to create new high pop art. You ever smoke PCP? <laughs> you like to get wet? <laughs> well, yeah. Do you like to get no, wet? No, no, no. That, that was a real question. Oh, do I? I've never smoked PCP. No. I should, though. Should. So I'm, like, always scared. Like, here's the thing. Like, A, Dare worked on me like a motherfucker. Like, I didn't smoke weed or anything. And then, uh, but I drank. You know, still drink a lot. Right. Um, but, uh, I'd be down to try, like, you know, the mushrooms, all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to wake up in a pool of someone's blood like I've murdered them. You yeah. know, the, like, you know, like you, a release idea. That, that that most people that smoke PCP don't eat people. Right. Like most of our favorite rappers smoke PCP in the '90s abundantly. Well, you're talking me into it now. Look, if you're ever so, in, if you're ever in New York and you want to smoke PCP with zebras in America, I will figure out how to get some. Okay. Probably involves going to the Bronx. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> well, that's why we have a podcast together. We have to go to South, we have to go to the South Bronx oh, specifically. De- yeah. Specifically the South Bronx to get some PCP. <laughs> that's, that's why we have a podcast together. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Uh, so we're wrapping up. Do you have, how? where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I'm just Ryan Prowse on all of my social media stuff and uh, uh, Low Life the Movie is all our movie social media stuff. And where can people find Low Life? Low Life's on all VOD stuff. It's still playing in some theaters now um, nice. and it's about to come out. I, I guess it's in August. I think it's August 7th it comes out on Blu-ray and DVD. We just did a bunch of uh, extras and stuff for it. Uh, we just finished that up last week so oh, it's got a bunch of shit like, on it. August 7th is my birthday so that's perfect. Yeah. Also, like, it's like six bucks on VOD, which is a little more than normal, but it's still yeah, in theaters. Here's the theaters, and here's the thing: if you if you would buy some, if you would buy your friend a beer at a bar, then you can spend six bucks to be entertained. That's right. Like that's what I always say. The same here, because we, you know, I'm I, I I score films and I make rap beats, and Marcus makes rap beats, and he's a DJ. And we have artistic friends, and it's always like, yo, if you would buy me a drink, support my art. Yeah. That's way That's way more like, like, what am I going to do with one drink? You don't even get fucked up. Unless you shotgun a Sparks, which I can't recommend. <laughs> I did that a lot in my 20s, and I don't, I, yeah, didn't always end well. How much well. does PCP cost? A little bump of PCP? I don't, I don't think that's how it works. I don't think uh, you what, bump PCP. What do you do? You smoke it, right? You sm- I, from what I remember, you dip it in a cool cigarette. Right. Or you rub it on weed. But I would much rather smoke PCP with you than smoke weed. Right. Like, weed Weed is the most frightening drug to me. Really? Yeah. 
Because new weed, new weed is like a hard drug. It's so powerful, and it's it's all it's it's mostly sativa. I, I, I tried like a, I tried like an edible one time with some some of the buddies, and like I wanted to fucking fight the world. It was crazy. We went to a club, and I was like just trying to get into a fight the whole time. Yeah, wow. that's and then you like started stealing people's organs, and that's how you got the inspiration for Low Life. There you go. The truth comes out. The truth comes out. It's actually a documentary. Edibles, edibles got me on this shit. Edible, edibles, the 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 cause and reason for killing people. Just kidding, uh, Mr. Prowse. It was such a delight to have you on the show. Yeah, really. Thank you. I I love your movie, so it's great yeah, talking talking to you. No, you guys are awesome. I really. Um, like the reviews and then I was like I was looking back through a bunch of your other stuff you guys are very thoughtful smart um, you know you guys dig in the movie as much as you do awesome. lies Thank lies <laughs> I do not believe you, these compliments I don't know what to do with these things well I, we'll have to smoke it out smoke some PCP and talk about it alright we're gonna smoke PCP or microdose <laughs> mushrooms the next time we see you <laughs> have, have a wonderful awesome. have a wonderful weekend Thank you guys. No, thank you. Thank you. Boom. Yeah. Yo, this one right here is about, remember when you were a little kid and you get together with your friends, you ride your bikes up to the um, 7-Eleven and you put all your money together you a little kid, so you would take turns going up to people that came up and be like, Excuse me, sir, I'll give you some money. Think you can go in the store and buy some 40s. Excuse me, sir, I'll give you some money. Think you can go in the store and buy some 40s. Excuse me, sir, I'll give you some money. Think you can go in the store and buy some 40s. Excuse me, sir, I'll give you some money. Think you can go in the store and buy some 40s. A bunch of us in the 7 Eleven parking lot, sitting on the parking block, waiting for a car to come up. All wine on the stagger up, winos were better, they were more likely to get your stuff. I just one guy, Crazy Mike, who lived up in the woods right off of Sunrise Highway. This could have happened at a Wawa or a Sucker K, it depends on where you are. Uh. This one 7-Eleven in particular had a titty bar right around the corner. We would hold open the door, man, till the bounce of corner, send it be like, yeah, I saw. And then we all scramble, like watching Playboy Channel when you don't get that channel. Like, I think I saw a titty, that's how we was living before they had the internet. Excuse me, sir, forgive me some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, I'll give you some money. You think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, I'll give you some money. You think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, I'll give you some money. You think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Give me shelter the weight, no. Give me danger weight. Give me some more, yeah. Give me some more. Give me shelter the weight, no. Give me danger weight. Give me some more, yeah, yeah. Give me some more. Had no idea what I was going for. On all night, better come and open locked doors. Made a bed out of a lawn chair. Wake up in the morning with a few things that weren't clear. Like who I made out with, who the hell's a brother, who the hell I try to hit, and how my shirt get ripped, how the hell I get home, how my eye get split. Y'all think the trees were laced, they made my mouth numb and they had a funny taste. I'ma have to call you later, I'll see if I can get some money out my mother's change jar. Excuse me, sir, I'll give you some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s. 
Excuse me, sir, if I give you some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, if I give you some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, if I give you some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, if I give you some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, if I give you some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, if I give you some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s? Excuse me, sir, if I give you some money, you think you can go in the store and buy some 40s?